0: Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Engaged Podcast. I'm Jamie and today we're going to be talking about why we love Star Trek. As you can tell, uh, Simon is not here as he is currently away in Australia for three weeks visiting family. So I just want to say hope you're having a fantastic day, Sai. Um, I look forward to hearing about your trip when you get back. Um, obviously, I won't be here talking about this topic on my own as I have a guest with me, my father, Chaz. Hi, Dad. Hello Sam, how are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah. Good <laughs> day, Simon. Good day. <laughs> yeah, so um this is the very first time my dad has ever come on the podcast. Um I have mentioned him before numerous times, and you actually have listened to a few of our episodes, haven't you? I have indeed. Yes. Um so it's kind of like, you know, this for you know, Simon actually suggested to me, you know why not get your dad on now whilst i'm away perfect opportunity because it was kind of some had this idea of let's see how we can wrangle our parents onto the podcast so for his dad simon's dad it was about you know it was about science fact and for his mum, it was about evolution to our higher species so it was i think his dad's topic was manned mission to mars it was some man, mission to Mars, NASA missions, I think it was. And if I'm wrong, so si, I know you're probably shaking your head at this point, going, oh, Jamie, seriously, if I am wrong, I do apologise in advance. Um, so, yeah, this is a perfect opportunity to get my dad on. And I thought, we'll start off with saying, you know, just ease you in slightly, something nice and easy, just to kind of set the tone. Because, um, obviously, we have talked about why we've loved Star Trek before, but we'll be going into a bit more depth as kind of, me and Simon have been come fans for a bit longer since then. Uh, we'll actually we'll be hearing from Simon slightly later as well. But I thought as um I thought what would be a good idea to start off with is we decided to chuck in something else in the episode. Because originally, when we did our TEP challenges, um there was also gonna obviously at the time there was three of us. And originally I come up with challenge quotes for Phil which was 15, but instead of just chucking it aside and letting it go to waste, Simon suggested, Jamie, why don't you use it and ask your dad in this episode just for a bit of fun? So, <laughs> so dad, are you ready? Yeah, Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so what I'm basically will be doing here is I will be um, saying a quote and then you've got to guess who said it. Now, for some of these, there is more than one person that did say it, um, and obviously, I've also decided that if my dad does struggle with this, um, I will probably give I will give him some clues because now he is a big Star Trek fan, but it has been a while since you've really watched any proper Star Trek, hasn't it? Yeah, he's nodding his head. Yeah, a long while. <laughs> yeah. So we'll start. What we'll do is we'll start off with five each, just to get it going, and then we'll get into the topic. So first question, first quote. Name a a character who said the Klingon phrase, kapla. Wolf. Yeah, correct. Yeah, there you go. Okay, number two, infinite diversity in infinite combinations. That sounds like something that Mr. Spock would say. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay, number three, it sniffs. It's green. Doctor McCoy? Uh, No, No. it is it is a well. Actually, you've got two options here. It's someone from TOS, so from the original series, but it's also from someone from Next Generation. It was a running joke that they did in the Next Generation.
1: All right. Um, Okay, I'm trying to think if I can give you a clue. Well, I would think the Next Generation. uh, It will possibly be. do you want me to give you a clue? Go on. Um,
0: okay. Is he one of the bridge officers? What, in Next Gen yeah. or TOS? Next Gen. Yes, yeah, one of the bridge officers, yeah. Um, We'll fit it this Commander way. Commander Riker? No. Yeah. Do you want me to just tell you? Go on then. Okay. Uh, it's Green. It's Scotty um, in the episode By Any Other Name. All right. And Data in the TNG episode Relics. Do you remember the in the By Any Other Name? Hmm. Yeah, and then Scotty got got to get that.
1: Uh, well, that's
0: right. I yeah, you, yeah, you got it. Try to get him drunk. Yeah, as yeah, and it was a running joke in your Relics as well, because obviously Scotty was in that episode. Okay, number four, punch it. Punch it. Punch it. That's not an easy one. I've got to, you know, um, think of more. Think of. Uh, you got any ideas? Give me. A, let me think for a second. Okay. okay, it's think of uh, modern Star Trek and think of movies. Mm. It's probably a little bit obscure because it's... Um, again, it fits into the whole you haven't... First contact? No, not first contact. Oh, think okay. think later in terms of when they were made. Star Trek
1: movies, when they were made. Well, I'm thinking of one where... Um, Next generation goes to us before. No? No, I'm not
0: talking about next generation later films, films that were made later. Okay. Not in the Star Trek. Don't think in the Star Trek universe. Thinking when it was made, when when the film was actually made, directed. What the most recent Star Trek films? What the ones with um,
1: um, Chris Pine? Yeah, yeah. Oh right. So you're getting close. So would it have been the the new sky? No, no? Okay. do
0: you want me to tell you? Go on,
1: Captain Pike
0: oh, Okay. in the Star Trek 09 film. You know when he says to Sulu, he goes, punch it. Oh, okay. it's, a, it's him going to walk. It's, a, it's quite obscure. Okay. <clears throat> the next one. Not, not a well-known one. Then. Uh, some of these are obvious. Some of them are. It depends. Um, And the last one I'll give you for now. Shut up, Wesley. Who do you think the two people that said that? Maybe for some Doctor Beverly Crusher. Yeah, that's yes, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Mm. Who else do you think might have said it? I want to see if you can get this one. Mm. No. Okay. Um, if you think of um, actually know. What what person in in on on the bridge did was very uncomfortable with children in the beginning of Next Gen. That might help. Didn't hate them. It was just uncomfortable around them. Mr. The wolf. Not Wolf. No. no. Jean Luc Picard. Oh, right. But yeah, you got that right. So well done. So so, so uh, out of that, you actually got three of them, which is actually quite impressive. So uh, yeah, if we. Uh, <clears throat> right, so we'll save some more for a bit later. Right, so on to the topic. Um, why we lost Star Trek? I think what would be a good sounding board is if we actually hear from um, our missing friend i'm missing friend simon because um i actually asked him to record a um monologue for the ap- for for this episode just talking about um why he loves star trek he's also given me what he wrote out as well um but i thought it'd actually be quite nice to hear it in his own words so uh, here we go
2: accessing library computer data hi guys as i'm sure you're aware i'm over in australian and Australia right at the moment so i've pre-recorded this monologue in answer to Jamie's question which I'm sure you can tell what it is by the, by the title of the episode um, just like Jamie I've thought about it and cut the same reply as back before uh, FCD Out of the Ashes and back in I think it's twenty fifteen, 2015 um, Clive from some kind of Star Trek go and check them out by the way Um, asked for us all all the people that were going to um, write some words down for a guest post on what Star Trek means to me Um, being as I was and being how I am with the podcast I insisted that that the three of us write one each for, for Clive and me and Jamie did so so I'm sure you'll hear Jamie throughout this and I'm sure you'll paraphrase it um as i'm doing it in a and i can't really reply to what um what's going to happen in the episode i'm just going to kind of read out what i wrote to clive because it pretty much sums up how i feel about the Zopic. um so um clive when you asked me the question what does Star Trek mean to me i think my answer would have to be that Star Trek, the Star Trek franchise means an awful lot to me as it essentially made me the person i am today Star Trek was made that was there when my parents were getting divorced a time when I was aged about 8 I really sank positive to concentrate on the Star universe was somewhere some safe and secure that I could escape to when it felt like my entire world was falling apart around me as it deprived me with an environment where I unconsciously soaked up the morals and ethics it teaches establishing the foundations of my hippie girl attitude and lifestyle it's because of this joint experience of learning all the morals and ethics it teaches means that, it's, that we're all Proud of being part of the Star community, as it's somewhere we all know you can just be yourself without having to second guess yourself for yourself your opinion, as you know it will be represented just as much as another person's opinion on something. It's made due to the fact that all Star fans, whether you prefer Trekker or Trekkie, are constantly trying to best themselves, hoping that their actions will hopefully get humanity out of infant, our infancy stage of development lead us into the bright utopian future the franchise envisages so it's for those reasons Clive I will always consider myself a proud Trekkie and as I say I think that pretty much summarises why I love Star Trek it's just the fact that however many franchises there are out there there's not many with the utopian vision that Star Trek enables us and kind of allows us to imagine Will be in the future, as no one can predict what's going to happen this year. Let alone next year. So, but that's on Star Trek, who God only knows what's going to what future we're going to have. Um, yeah, that that's pretty much why I love it. Um, I've given Jamie a copy of what I've written so he can look over that again. Like I'm sure he'll do with his own. Um, I'll see you when he, when I get back. Um. Enjoyed the episode I suppose Bye Okay so as you heard there That was uh, Simon's um,
0: Taking on why he actually loves Star Trek so Yeah it's it's quite interesting I think isn't it dad just the fact that Simon you know For him it was kind of one of the first Things was it was an escape for him Because he was going through such a terrible time When his parents were getting Divorced Mm. Um you know, and I think having something positive like that to kind of go into, to kind of you know, because I think I think with any kind of television, I think at a basic level, we all watch stuff because it's a good form of
1: escapism, isn't it? That's that's, that's right. And unfortunately, that's why a lot of kids go into playing games for hours and hours on I mean, end for the same reason. Mm. It's not because they're, they're fanatical fans about it trying to escape problems that their parents put them in.
0: It could, yeah, and that's the thing, it could start off like that which it could then naturally develop into being a fan Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's kind of quite interesting because as Simon said his parents are getting divorced and it was a great thing, something positive to latch onto and I actually remember reading um, somewhere about um, a man who was um I think he might. I think he might have been a. a, a I can't remember. I'm not sure what profession it was. And I actually think I mentioned this in an in, a, in an episode a long while ago. But it was the case of he always would get gloomy at the state of the world. But then when he would come home, if you have like a really hard day at work, he'd always come home and put on a bit of Star Trek, and it would just restore restore his faith in humanity. And you know that's the kind of thing that Star Trek does. It's that utopian vision that it gives out. Mm. Because obviously, because right. yeah. if you think about it, there is no in 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 Roddenberry's vision, there is no there is no poverty, there is no war, you know, there is no there's no need for for money or capitalism. And humanity has achieved it has been has been achieving its full potential. And you know, and and resolves conf, and resolves like conflicts through through like peace through diplomacy and negotiation. Obviously, you know things like you know. You know, like, you know, physical conflict is a last resort.
1: So, yeah, but unfortunately, it's still not going fast enough to get there. Mm. It's going to take a long while. Well, I mean, this is so, the thing. Something I most likely won't see in my lifetime. But there you go. Mm. There's too many people with too many problems, and they all leave down to one thing, and that is man's greed.
0: Greed. G-R-E-E-D.
1: Yeah. Causes all the problems on the planet. Oh.
0: And that's the thing, you've got to think as well, if we had no money, like in Star Trek, a lot of a lot of stuff that does happen, all these all these criminal acts that happen that a lot, you know, to do with money, it probably wouldn't happen.
1: Yeah.
0: No, do away with it. Yeah. Need it. Exactly, exactly. As you say. So I think, you know, one of the things I think we'd would you say you both love is the fact that it gives that that that
1: utopian vision of mm-hmm. the future. That's right, yeah. But unfortunately, as you grow older, time goes by. You learn the truth the hard way.
0: It's true. I mean, this is a thing. I mean, you know, we don't want to be too put too much of a down on it. But obviously, you know, you've got to be realistic. Um, you know, as you say, the real world. And will humanity ever will humanity ever achieve its full potential like that? I don't think a hundred percent it will do. However. The fact that Star Trek gives that hope and it's inspired a lot of people, I think, it's very, very encouraging. Oh, definitely. You know, because if you definitely, think if yeah.
1: you think about it, there's it, it, more and more people. I mean, I mean, most of the youngsters around now who are Trek, who are fans, I mean, they weren't even born when the original Star Trek started. Hmm. But they've grown to love it even more because of it. Yeah. Because they see where it started from. And what the, what the man who created his vision was for the world. Mm.
0: Well, and this is the interesting thing, because obviously, you know, me and Simon, we've been, I mean, Simon, he's been a fan for about, he's been, well, at this point now, um, he's been a fan for about 12, like 12, about 20 years almost. I've been a fan for probably about half of that time. And, you know, for, for me, I think Star Trek, because Simon's, Simon is the one who I credit for getting me into Star Trek. Um, but... You also had a hand in that as well, didn't you? Yeah. Because you who, what's you got me into a certain Star Trek series, didn't you? Star Trek Voyager. That is correct. Catching Janeway. Um, and I think if, if I remember correctly, because where we're actually recording this, we're actually at my dad's. Um, and if I recall, I think it was when I was living here for that year. I think b- between when I'd left college and when I, before I went to university. That's right, yeah. Um, can you remember what channel I actually watched it
1: on with you? Mmm... Five USA, I think.
0: Was it Five USA? Yeah. Mm. So that's one of the um, uh, freeview channels, I believe, isn't it? That's
1: right. Yeah, and
0: I and Dad had Dad had told me numerous times, yeah, you'll love it, Captain Janeway, you know, out in the Delta Quadrant, and I started watching it, and Dad was right, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, and you know, I think for me it was kind of Star Trek, you know, really kind of challenged me because because back when i was young i mean my dad will know this i i didn't really go out that much i mean i was i mean you know how would you describe me kind of in my younger years introverted yeah so you know i didn't really go out a lot um you know i kind of kept to myself i did see friends and stuff like that but i was a lot less open-minded and kind of naive but I think my dad's noticed, you know, as, as I've watched Star Trek through the years, that's changed, you know, because, because Star Trek has all these ideals and values of, of you know, learning about other cultures and, you know, being more open and understanding and the way the world works. Because for me, Star Trek was like a new world I'd never seen before. Because my, my initial impression of it and I think you were there at the time, was I saw, I think it was Quark on DS9, and I looked at Quark and thought, who the heck is that? <laughs> like, weird alien, weird looking alien, you know, on, on the television, just like, what the heck?
1: That was my initial impression. Yeah. You know. Um, and it was that other alien who was always sitting at the end of the bar, never said a word. Mourn. Yeah. Good old Morn, yeah. That guy had, a, had an easier job yeah, she did have an episode in d s nine as well, getting paid to sit a bar and drink
0: all the time and not say a word mm. but Ma- <laughs> but I don't know if you recall Mor Ma- actually did get an episode that was actually centered around him in oh, season right. six. Yeah. you might not remember, but he was um he was got lost in an ion storm yeah. um and they they thought he was dead, but he actually was, there, and he gave everything to quark and there's this whole plot about uh, associates of moor and wanting to have you know I think it was like a gold loads loads of gold that Morn had brilliant it's a good episode you guys haven't seen I would recommend it it's a really good one actually um but yeah so that was kind of my initial impression but due to influence from from my dad and from Simon kind of watching Star Trek as I said helped me come out more and that encouraged them and both Star Trek and Simon and I'll say his mum and dad as well um encouraged me to kind of do other things, so like volunteering for the British Art Foundation, which I did quite a few years ago. And you encouraged me as well with that, because I remember at the time when I was going for it, I think you came down to see me where down in South End. Um, and also, I started doing karate as well when I was at university, you know, and acting in um, the amateur dramatics company, the South End Shakespeare Company, you know, stuff, things like karate and acting. I could never see you know, before I could never see myself doing something like that. There you go. You never know
1: what you can do until you try.
0: Exactly. And I found, you know, and I think it was because and I think that's and I think, you know, for me, Star Trek is not just about you know, it you know, going out there and humanity exploring space and exploring strange new worlds and new civilizations. But also I think it's an exploration of oneself. That's right. And, you know,
1: Exploring yourself, what you what you want to do with your life and how to go about achieving those goals that you, you set out for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: And, you know, and through that, as you say, you, you gain knowledge. I mean, pe- people always talk about, people always talk about, you know, one of the big philo- philosophical questions is what is the meaning of life? You know, and I think for me it's what we add meaning to our own lives based on our based on our based on our influences and our and our values and beliefs and our knowledge and experiences that's who we become who we are and i think you know particularly i think for me and simon it's kind of as, as simon brilliantly says here as i said he talks about um you know soaking up the morals and ethics it teaches establishing you know establishing the foundations to my happy-go-lucky attitude and lifestyle so what simon has done is he's taken what star trek's kind of taught us and is and is applied that and trying to be like that in his everyday life mm-hmm. so you know and i can you know and said i can attest to that i said with simon you know i cannot I, I cannot overstate how how much simon means to me you know and particularly as you as well dad mm-hmm. you know both of you have, have Helped me through so much and just you know and always encouraged me and everything and I can I can never
1: express how how so grateful I am for that. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know. It's unfortunate that um, there's too many teenagers around who don't get the right
0: sort of guidance. No, and you know this and this is well this is see this is this is the thing about Star Trek. Um, and one of the other reasons why I love it is because with the new i mean i know there's a lot of people you know probably a few people probably shaking their heads at this as i'm about to say it but whatever you want to say about jj Abrams, because there's a lot of star trek fans who think he ruined star trek and that you know but say what you will about when he when it was revived back in 09 it helped it helped bring star trek into a new era because by the time Enterprise finished in 2005, Star Trek was on its last legs. You know, if you think about how many series have been done before it, that's five series. And at this point, I mean, because I think I think it was Berman said it, Rick Berman, he said, you know, um, he, he was basically franchise fatigued. Because he had done Star Trek for about 20 years. Star Trek had been running non-stop for 20 years, different series, the movies. And it needed a rest. And J.J. Abrams came along and reinvigorated it. And because of that, you have said Star Trek Online. You also have, I said, at this point, another Star Trek. uh, We've had now a new Star Trek series, Star Trek Discovery. um, And recent announcement uh, last month of uh, two more Star Trek movies in the works as well. There you go. Because they've already done three of them. And they're now doing another two. So for me, and and what's great is now getting to my point is that a lot of new people have got into Star Trek through those movies, and there's and it's kind of it's a case of bridging the gap between the old and the new fans. So the old fans showing the new fans, oh, you know, Star Trek's great because of this and this. So, so
1: you got, got so many fans around now. Yeah. Um, if you go into YouTube. Uh, some of these other uh, places you'll find where um, dedicated fans over the years have got together and are now starting their own TV series based on Star Trek yeah so what we're talking obviously what you're talking about there is um, fan made Star Trek episodes
0: yeah so fan films Mm. and which have become hugely impressive um, in you know They've always been very huge and impressive, but in particular production values have, have skyrocketed. I'll say within the last ten years, mm. and obviously, you know, and you know, because um, you know, find out more. We um, we had an interview with Gary O'Brien who did um, uh, Chance Encounters, uh, which is a Star Trek fan film, brilliant one. Um, so you know, uh, check out our Holy Core um, episode because we um, we talked to him about that and about a new film that he was going to be funding. Um, to find out more but yeah I definitely agree and as you say it's helped fans immerse themselves into fandom like that and you know so I think it's kind of the new generation of Star Trek has helped bring together more fans and it's and it's bridging that gap the old fans and the new fans getting them into it and again it's it's, it's all about bringing people together and I think that's what Star Trek does fantastically well mm. so yeah um what about you dad then because, I mean, you know, obviously we've talked about me and Simon. Um, but, you know, what about you? I mean, obviously, I think what probably would be a good thing to start off with is actually maybe just give us, a, you know, just, I mean, how did you actually get into Star Trek? Because, you know, you've
1: been a fan since
0: the very beginning, since it started back in the 60s.
1: Well, yeah, basically, it was just, um, uh, it used to be on um, early evenings, so, I'd like, come home from school and get changed, have some tea, and sit down for a while. Um, and of course, in the I mean, 1960s, um, all we had was black and white TV. They had different programs that were on. Mm. And then, coming into the 1970s, that's when they actually started showing the, the Star Trek series. Over in England. Because they, they were re-syndicated, weren't they, That's as well? Right, yeah. 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 So it wasn't until like the early 1970s that, that England first saw Star Trek and it was in colour. So it was it was quite fascinating, especially after um, watching the actual moon landings in, in 1969. Hmm. Um, I think it got a lot of people's imagination. And then the, we had Star Trek come out, and that was it. I started watching that and seeing all, all these fascinating new new things and why they did things. It was really really interesting. And it just went on from there. Mm. Yeah. It was something you could you know you could look forward to, and strangely enough, as as the years have gone on, um, a lot of the stuff that they had there. A lot of the te- te- technology that they had was being supplied by a Japanese electronics company called Sony, mm. who eventually brought out all the latest things like your, your mobile phones, uh, your um, iPads and all the rest of it, which people use now anyway. Yeah. So it's like Star Trek had actually predicted the future in certain That's technology. That's right. yeah. actually predict- predicted the future. Hmm. And that's and that's where it went on from there. So yeah, it just went on, it just basically saturated with actual science fiction, which then turned into science fact.
0: Exactly, and that's the thing as well because you know I've watched all the Star Trek series now, um, and you know, you know I've, I've I said, and you know, because I think I, I spoke to you, didn't I, a while back, and this was when Discovery, when, when we were watching Discovery. Um, and I said I said did you, I mean back when you first started watching it did you did you actually think that you know you'll be sitting here over fifty years later and there'll be what thirteen Star Trek movies and like six TV series mm. and a matter of books and the amount of books and said fan films have been made on Star Trek
1: mm. No, I don't think anyone did mm. especially when the original TV company. Decided I wasn't going to show it anymore. Hmm. Uh, it was only because of the fan base. Um, they got together and, and paid you know, to, to, to get, try and get syndicated somewhere else.
0: Yeah. With a different company. Exactly. And they said they also campaigned for the third
1: season as well, didn't they? That's right. Yeah.
0: So so that's kind of said how, you, how you've got
1: into it, isn't it? So I, made, so I made the original TV company. Yeah. Hmm. Feel a little bit foolish, didn't it? Oh yeah. So <laughs> missed out on a big franchise there.
0: So obviously, you know, the, but what is it for you? you, know, what, you know, for you as a as a as a Trekkie, you know, what would you know? What, what you know? Why why do you love
1: Star Trek? Then, what is it for you that just that really appeals that even yeah, still now? Yeah. Well, basically, the the fact that that um, people have got the vision to think about the future. Mm-hmm. And it's strange, but sometimes these things do work out. Mm-hmm. People think, "Well, how the hell did he know that?" Well, it's not, it's not term rocket science, or you know, he's not a witch, or a, or a war, or a warlord, or anything like that. <laughs> it's just that people think, "Well, what, what could you, do, what you could do for the future? How could you make people's lives a bit easier, or a bit better?" And this is what they came up with. Turns out that I was right. Mm. I put into practice what I only had theories of doing.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, so I think it's, I think you kind of I think you kind of sort of agree what kind of me and Simon have kind of said, you know, it's kind of that better hope for the future. Yeah. And trying to achieve
1: that, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, I think also it's when you actually come to come to think of it, a lot of the stuff that they have now, especially especially with the computer systems and all the rest of it. It's made a lot of people's lives so much better. People who are disabled or blind. Mm. And unbelievable what they can do now. Mm. I mean, they've, they've actually made blind people be able to see. Mm. Who would have thought that would be possible?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I've got to say here at this point, I mean, I've always been kind of, you know, I've Simon, someone will know and I think you kind of know, I've kind of got a love-hate relationship with technology. I do see, I mean, you know, I use technology every day. I use my laptop, I use my phone, I watch whatever. And, you know, it is it is important, and I think it is an essential part of our lives. But mm. it comes to a point of when is it too far, too much, too, you know. Mm. That's my thing. That's mm. why I like films, things, things like Terminator. Because, you know, it's great having technology, but there are consequences if you, you know, that's rely right. on it too much. But but you saying that, as you say, things like that, you know, that people that are blind and the technology can actually help them to see, it's absolutely incredible. It's absolutely amazing. Pacemaps for people who've got dodgy hearts. Yeah. You know, and I think that's ast- that's absolutely astounding. You know, and mm. Who knows what the future will be like? And this is the thing for for all the for all the you know the stuff we mentioned of uh, you know said people committing crime and all this sort of stuff. Every day there is someone out there who is saving someone's life.
1: Absolutely correct. Through
0: any any means necessary, people giving, um, you know, you know, being donors, you know, organ donors or blood donors and yeah. things like that. It you know, or just helping each other out. Every I mean, you know, I. I love reading the newspaper, the Metro. This has come up before. I've mentioned when I, when I was, um, we had, had a YouTube and I did a, a good deed feed thing. For a oh while. Yes, yes. yes, You remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. But just reading that, which restored my faith in humanity, just yeah. complete strangers, helping each other out. And not, and I didn't want anything in return. I didn't want money or, I did it because they just, because they wanted to help yeah. because they're good people. And I think that's what Star Trek kind of embodies. It gives us that hope that we can all strive to be better, mm. and mm, I think what's also wonderful is, you know, it, it you know it shows us what we it, you know if we all strive to work together, we we can be cap- can be capable of great things. Mm.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know. Yeah. So, and
1: you know, so yeah, <laughs> I'm just rambling there. Well, no, I mean it's, it's it, and the thing is. If if people are feeling down and they want to feel better within themselves, you now have the technology to do that. Just go into YouTube, you'll find stories there all the time. Hmm. People are saving someone's life,
0: whatever. And that's everything as well. You know, people can do terrible things and be, you know, but there is a capacity to change, yeah. and some people do change. Depending on what it is they, you know, they've done wrong. Yeah. Some people can write their wrongs. So it's not it's not always too late.
1: No.
0: So as you say, and I think what's you know, and as I said all this all this sort of inspiration that people feel, you know, from Star Trek, it's helped you know, and you know, we're not just talking about Gemini overall, we talk about um also, you know, like, you know, Star Trek has obviously done big the first female captain, Captain Jane Mid-90s, that was during, that was um, in the feminist movement, The third. that was third wave feminism during that me. time, the 90s. And what, and, have we, and what
1: have we got now?
0: Female airline pilots. Yeah, female astronauts as well. Absolutely. Uh, engineers. Right. Correct. Working in space programs. Absolutely incredible for all this inspiration from, from women, women gaining stronger roles within Star Trek, you know, and not just Captain Janeway, but other female characters as well. Yeah. You know, or... I've I'm actually, as you guys will probably know from my say, blog um, blog post, uh, Facebook post, again, this is about a month ago, um, I posted that I was reading Nichelle Nichols' autobiography. And in that, she talks about um, her becoming a whore in the original series. Um, and this is a well, obviously well-known fact that originally she was going to quit uh, TOS, But uh, Martin Luther King... said no you're really important you need to stay you need to you need to stay Mm. you know you show people what you can do yeah exactly because obviously during that time you had the civil rights movement that's right um but what i also wanted to say was um i've only i've not read the whole book yet i've only i've only i said i'm still reading through it but what was fascinating what nichelle said was that she a lot of how she grew up and the value she, she had, and through, and this stretched further back into, into her family's past, was the values that they had of the time that would have been considered very forward thinking and actually would have been frowned upon. Um, and that is the kind of values that Star Trek actually had. So, so basically, what I mean by that is um, I think it was her great grandfather, um, this was back during the American Civil War. And he was a uh, was a white man who was um own, he was a slave owner, yeah. and he fell in love with an ex slave who was a black woman, um and obviously at that time that was a big no no, correct? Yeah, um and even and they actually got married now even in the north which was obviously uh, had abolished slavery at that point, um even that was racial marriage was frowned upon even in the north it was frowned upon. Mm. And at the time, his father disowned him, completely disowned him. Said, "Oh, you know, disgrace! You know, you're you're dragging the family name down, etc." But he wasn't going to put up with that. He goes, "Well, you're not going to dictate to me who I who I can and cannot love." So he he ignored his father, his family's wishes. They cut him out, and he never he never regretted it. Mm. You know, they 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 fell in love, and they 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 were happy, and they had kids. You know, but the point is obviously is during that time. Instead, the values that he had of I said, being... um yeah, he stayed with her. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, just the fact of being open and being and he and you know he saw it as he, yeah, they were equal. That's right. You know, which is the whole quality is what Star Trek is. What Star Trek is. Yeah. So from her family's history back to where she is now. That's been in, that was that was a that was a that was a, a root in her family that was passed through the generations. So it's incredible just kind of you know, just just from that and just you know the fact that I said I mean you know, you, you could say Michelle Nichols was come to work on Star Trek as a whore. it could just be oh it's a coincidence she's an actress, she went into a series. But when I was reading her autobiography, it almost seemed like fake. Like it was meant to be mm. you know i mean i i mean i don't know how you feel about stuff like that. if you put my stock in things like fate and or, you know the stars and if it was meant to be
1: and i know it's just what happens in their past yeah well i'm just saying that that michelle they, they grew up with stories and mm. their past on information like from their parents grandparents mm. and that it just goes through
0: mm. So you don't think it was fact that she went to worked in the Star Trek, a show that actually reflected her family's values and what they
1: went for? Just, mm. Just a coincidence.
0: Probably, but it's a it's a lovely one though. Because isn't
1: it? Of, I mean, because of it being the nineteen sixties, mm. things were changing drastically in America, mm.
0: um, which eventually found its way to Britain. Didn't yeah, it? yeah,
1: yeah. Within the within the action industry, you you then had loads of um, black people coming in. And getting major roles. Yeah.
0: And this is the thing. And the other thing as well is um, at the time of TOS, the character like Spock was very, very popular
1: mm.
0: because he was different, but because he was kind of like an outsider and a lot of people could relate to him, yeah. whether it was, I said, black people, whether it was uh, all sorts of different social eth- and social groups and ethnic groups, you know, who felt marginalized mm. by mainstream society. So a character like, just as an example, a character like Spock, you know, kind of encompassed all of that. But that's why you have said characters also said like Uhura, who was a who was a black woman. Yeah. yeah, she was on the bridge, and that's why mine can said, no, you shouldn't
1: leave. You're an inspiration, you know. And that's and that's and that's another thing. If you go through the whole of the bridge crew, you have people from different countries. Mm, yeah, you had a, you had a Russian guy. Yeah, you had a, a Japanese guy. Yeah. I mean, not not America's favourite people, if you know what I mean? During especially, that time, yeah. Especially during that time, nineteen sixties. Because obviously you had the uh, Cold you, War. You say you, you you know, you speak with a Russian accent, then me, you think you're a communist. Yeah, MacArthur was in MacArthurism, yeah. wasn't it? That was like yeah. the early fifties. That's right, it? yeah. Yeah. And then the Japanese remember Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yeah. So the
0: fact that Star Trek actually did that was yeah. very forward thinking. Yeah. Very very bold
1: move, but it paid oh, off. And you can draw it up to the point where you've actually had a black president. Yeah, Mr. Barack Obama. Yeah, how the hell? I mean, you yeah. imagine people from the past who who who, who found that. Out,
0: you think, what? Well, and that's, you
1: can't do that. And I think that's
0: another fantastic thing. Why we love Star Trek because it's so forward-thinking of its time. It fought outside the box. It took risk. I mean, obviously. In the original series, like in the original pilot the cage, mm. originally Gene modernberry had his wife, Majelle Barrett, um, as number one, so the first officer. But obviously um the network said that was that was oh you no, know, can't have a woman can't have a woman second in command, or you know they thought it was too forward thinking, too controversial. So that's why you had the second pilot. So where where she actually just was the nurse mm. to Nurse Chapel. Mm. Um, but as you say, even through that, I he doing mode. That
1: was the nineteen sixties mm. and he did something like that. That's incredible. But I did do it in the I did do it with the next generation. Yes. Yes. I did. Mm. So, you know, because odd you know Because yeah. you had episodes where you had um, the doctor. Beverly, yeah. Yeah, Beverly Crusher.
0: Who's in charge? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in and um, the descent, part one and part two, end of seven end of six start seven. <laughs> yeah, and Troy even took command in That's right. season five, disaster. Mm-hmm. When the when the ship was uh, hit by a mm-hmm. quantum filament, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I don't ask me what that means, I don't know, I'm just remembering words from the episode. So um Right to the point you've actually had the first female captain. Janeway, as That's we said, it, yeah um so yeah i think um i think it's safe to say kind of you know star trek i think we love it because it's very forward-thinking for its time um the values it kind of instilled and that helped it helps give inspiration for the future Mm. and obviously i think for me in particular it's changed me as a person and made me see the world differently you know me and simon Mm. um and i think that's what makes it such an incredible franchise and i and i'll say this now i reckon even in the, I still think Star Trek will be around in the, in the, I like to, I'd like to i like to think it'll still be around in the next number 50 years
1: yeah who knows
0: um, you know there might be periods where it may stagnate at some point but I reckon it'll always be brought back mm. and at this point I reckon we're, as if we're in a high with it we're back we're, we're in a you know I don't think because Simon, Simon called it I think that the golden era was kind of the 80s and 90s mm. of when you, know, you had like two free Star Trek series simultaneously might not ever reach those heights fully again but we're definitely in a definitely in a golden ish era of Star Trek. Mm. Star Trek mm. Discovery. A couple new Star Trek films coming out. And you know, books and that will continue to be written. I mean, the amount of Star Trek books I've read and that I still want to read, I really touched probably a core of what's out there. And that's not even that's even ones that I don't even know about. Not enough hours in the day so. No, unfortunately we've got some such varied interests. That's the that's the, you know, you know, don't you Dad? Mm. You know, what's one of my most what's one of my what interests that I'm obsessed with at the moment? Not just Star Trek. Oh yes. Uh, life is strange. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, you know, well, it is. Mm. But that's yeah. But I think um, I think oh, we, isn't this country's gone through changes as well. Just imagine the suffragette movement actually started in this country. Hmm. The suffragette movement actually started in this country. Mm. women Women wanting votes. Yeah. And what we had up until now, two female prime ministers. Mm. Who would have thought you'd have that? Well, that's what I mean.
0: Star Trek. One of the great things is that the Star Trek always tries to reflect what's happening in society at that time. There's always a in every Star Trek episode, no matter how terrible it is. There's always a there's always a message. There's always a point to it. But um, yeah, I think we've actually I think we've covered. I think we've actually covered it quite well I think we've said we've, we've had a good discussion about why we love Star Trek you know what it means to us and yeah um, so um, I think we're I think we're done with that but we haven't finished our quotes yet alright so we've got ten more to do oh good. here <laughs> we go <laughs> so are you ready
1: about as ready as i ever be the, if you don't get this I will be I will be shocked don't forget you're buying the beers afterwards
0: Oh, Dad! You know, man, Dad, Dad. come I, on. Come I don't on. drink beers. I drink cider. Whatever. Come, yeah. on. come on. Come on. Engage. What about engage? Engage. Yeah. That's the quote. Who says engage? Captain Jean Luc Picard. You got it. Number seven. Okay. Dab it, man! I'm a doctor, not a physicist. Doctor McCoy. Uh, yes, but I'm looking. I guess it is Dr. McCoy, but from what? What? The original Star Trek series. No? No, okay. not that particular quote. No. The alternate Buns McCoy from the Star Trek 09 film. Oh,
1: okay.
0: But you were technically right. No. So if, it, if if this was a points thing, I'd probably give you like half a point. Okay, right. This one's a bit of a longer quote, so bear with me. <clears throat> the Commander is a physical representation of a dream. An idea conceived by the mind of a a man. His purpose? To serve human needs and interests. He's a collection of neural nets and heuristic algorithms. His response is dictated by an elaborate software program written by a man. This hardware built by a man. And now, and now a man will shut him off. Pinocchio is broken. His strings have been cut. Man, that's a long one. Hmm. I don't even think I've heard that one before. You would have done, but again, it's from a very, very famous Star Trek Next Gen episode, season two. Um, I'm assuming you know who is. I know you know who's
1: who's being talked about, don't you? It wouldn't have been Q who came out with that one, would it? No. no.
0: It's a main character in Next Gen. Well, who, uh, first of all, who who is this character talking about? So if I say neural nets and algorithms. Oh, data. Yes. But who? But the, but who? who is talking about it? Well,
1: I could only assume it was the guy who was trying to prosecute him. From? Oh, of course it would be Commander
0: Riker, wouldn't it? You got it. There we go. Measure of a man. Yeah, you got it. hmm <laughs> Okay, next one. To go where
1: no man has gone before. That would have been uh, James T. Kirk. You got it. Because they changed it in the Next Generation.
0: To where uh, no one has Just got before. before. Okay. Number ele- uh, number 10. Sorry. Tell me, do they still sing songs of the great Tribble hunt? You know, it wouldn't be Commander Riker again, would it? Yep. Yeah. Not Commander Riker. Wrong series. Oh, right. Well, kind of. Like. It's more like who the character's saying it to. It's someone from the original series, but obviously I'm looking for who actually said the quote.
1: Um, okay, think. Uh, would, it be, would it have been um, DS9?
0: Yeah, you got it, yeah.
1: Deep Space Nine. Uh, I'm thinking it sounds to me. Go on. That's like something the doctor would say from DS9. Bashir? Yeah. Oh,
0: no. Good guess, no. but no, no. Yeah.
1: Do you want me to tell you? Go on then. Odo. Oh, right. Yeah. It's that bit where... Um, he was always a bit of a sarcastic kid, wasn't he? Yeah.
0: But it was that bit where he's stroking the Tribble and then... Because uh, obviously, uh, um, Klingons don't like her and Worf obviously does because he's there at the time on K7 in uh, Trials and Tribulations. And then he talks about, oh, they're a mortal enemy of the Klingon Empire and then that's when oh, that's just, you know, you know tell me, he still sees it was the great Tribble <laughs> it just cracks me up. Okay, number eleven. At ease, ensign. Before you sprain something, Captain Jones. Yep, you got it. I'm impressed. If we've got to have tribbles, it's best all our tribbles are little ones. I, I don't think you'll get this one. I, I, you know, I looked, I, I saw the choir and I was like, I don't, I wouldn't know this. I wouldn't yeah, remember it. Yeah, does it doesn't sound. Doesn't sound like anyone. It's Scotty from More Tribbles, More Troubles, the animated series. Oh, not, no, I wouldn't do that. No. Um, number 13. Captain, I hard, hardly believe that insults are within your prerogative as my commanding officer. <coughs> Pardon me. I uh, think uh, original series, 1960s. Original series? Mm-hmm. Scotty? Oh, good guess. Spock. Uh. From the, from the episode, The City of Ninja Forever. Number 14. This is one, because Simon actually did help me with some of this. So I actually want to thank Simon uh, for actually helping me with some of these quotes. Uh, this is the one I definitely wanted to include. You probably won't get this one. But if there's one thing I haven't missed in the last 20 years, it's your smug, superior attitude. Doctor McCoy? No, wrong series. No, okay. Do you want me to tell you? Go on. Tiff O'Brien, DS9 episode, Hard Time. You know where he's staying in that simulated prison for twenty years. Oh
1: right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. and
0: he, and Doctor Bashir's trying to help him, and, and Bashir, and yeah. O'Brien. again, brilliant episode, one of my most favourites. Um, cold Manik is an absolutely fantastic performance. I honestly, probably one of the best I've ever seen in Star Trek. Um, I think, and the final one, I think you should get this one. Uh, you should get. I'll be very surprised if you didn't. Number fifteen, the final one. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. By the way, I'm 68 centimetres shorter. I'd appreciate if someone would repair my holographic projectors before I have trouble reaching my patients. (laughs) Uh,
1: It's a doctor from Voyager.
0: Yeah, you got it. Yeah. 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 Do you remember that episode? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And Tom goes, you know, I like you better this way. (laughs) So overall, let me just think you've got one two, three, four, five, six, I'll give you seven, eight, nine. So you actually got, I'd say about nine or 10 of those out of 15. Yeah. And considering you've not watched Star Trek in a very long time, I think that's actually bloody impressive. Yeah, so, <laughs> but it could be better. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Room for improvement. <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's just, well, well, the thing is they were sitting around. So like, what's the point of wasting them? so it's like I might as well use them so just for a bit of fun because that's what me and Sam will do for future episodes because we're meant to have a quiz but we don't do that anymore instead of wasting wasting what he's put what he's what he spent so much time you know getting the questions prepared he'll either he'll either throw them at me as questions or use them as trivia so it's like I might as well use what you got um so yeah I think that ends another episode so um but guys we hope you enjoyed listening um and, yeah, um, if you've got any thoughts, you know, tell us why you love Star Trek, then um, feel free to email at uh, theengagedpodcast.yahoo.com. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook and at our Twitter handle, which is at The Podcast. Uh, please do check out also our website, which is www.theengagedpodcast.com. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously Simon will be back soon with our next episode. I'm not quite sure what it is on the schedule. It's either, um, the Enterprise, uh, ship profile, the Constitution class, or it's, um, a episode commentary, uh, of a Futurama episode, um, which is a Star Trek parody kind of thing, which I thought I would call it actually quite funny. So, again, not quite sure which one, so I'll save both. It's one of those two, I'm pretty sure. So um, thanks, Dad, for coming on. My pleasure. Um, hope you enjoyed Hope you enjoyed yourself. I know I certainly did. Mm-hmm. Um, and hope well. I'm sure we'll have you back on again very soon. You never know your luck. No. So um, until then, guys, uh, we hope you enjoyed. And, uh, yeah, take care. We'll be, I'll be back soon. Live
1: long and prosper.
0: Live long and prosper. Bye.